Yeah, so again, you know, this is an amazing weekend. I'm so glad that you're tuned in and that you're taking part in this. Part of the inspiration for this comes from my friend Chris Pavola. He was on our staff here, and he's now a pastor planting a church in University City here in our area. And before he ever had a worship service or did anything, he started walking weekly through that community praying. And so that's part of the inspiration for this. We, we've done it as a staff. We thought at some point we need to get our whole church uh, joining with us in, in this. So thanks for doing that. But I got to tell you, the real inspiration for this whole idea is Jesus himself. You may know that Jesus didn't have a car. He didn't have a chariot. Um, I think he had a boat, but every time someone got in a boat with him, something crazy happened and people almost drowned. So for most of his ministry, Jesus and his disciples, they just walked around. It was a three-year ministry of walking now, some of you may think, well, yeah, of course he was walking because he didn't have a choice. He didn't have a car. He, wasn't, he was living back then. That's the only choice he had. But I'm not, I'm not so sure. I, I think the decision to walk was an intentional choice that Jesus made. Maybe it even affected the time and place that he decided to come into in, in, in our timeline of history. See, because there's something powerful about walking. Now, we know it's great for our health. It's one of the best things you can do for your heart, your blood pressure, low risk of injury. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing. We also know that walking is really good if you're stressed out. You had a bad day, you're, you're confused. You can go for a walk and it clears your mind, clears your head. And I bet Jesus relied on that in his earthly ministry. But here's the other thing that I love about walking is that walking allows you to see the world around you differently. Uh, I can't be outside walking and not experience the beauty of God's creation and just look around and think, God, you did all of this for me. You're so incredible. Not only that, though, when you're walking, you also begin to see the, the world, the people, and the needs that are around you differently. And I think it's for that reason that Jesus spent so much of his time exclusively just walking from place to place, and then he did ministry on the way. Uh, today, I want to show you just one example of that. It comes from Luke chapter 17, where Jesus is on his way from some villages and towns he had been walking around, uh, and now he's heading down to Jerusalem, down to the capital where the temple is. And as he goes, he's got a long journey, about probably 80 miles. But what's interesting is not that he walked there. The, the most interesting part is the route that he chose. See, it says in Luke 17 that Jesus chose to walk right on the border of Galilee, which was Jewish territory. Faithful people live there. In fact, that's where Jesus grew up. Right on the border between Galilee and Samaria. Galilee was faithful. Samaria, that's where all the infidels lived. And Jesus intentionally chooses this path to Jerusalem that takes him right on the border. Now, if you've ever been to a border town like Juarez or Mexicali or any other place, you know that they can be interesting places. And it was no exception in Jesus's day. Let me show you what happened as Jesus walked there along the border. This is Luke 17, starting at verse 12. It says, as he was going into a village, so he's stopping off in a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. Now, leprosy is kind of a blanket term for any sort of skin disease that you had in the Old Testament world, in, the, in Jesus's day even. And um, if you had a skin disorder, it was, they were highly contagious. And so you had to live in quarantine. You were sent off to live in a colony. You had to leave your family, your work, and you were ostracized from community. So you've got 10 guys who can only find company in each other because they've got this, this disease. They, they see Jesus coming. It says they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. So there Jesus is. He's just walking on the border. But these 10 guys are there. They see him. They recognize him. And they call out. Now, imagine if Jesus was living in modern day and he's taken an expressway to Jerusalem, 70 miles an hour. He never would have seen guys like this. He never would have heard their cry. 
But instead, because Jesus was there walking, he was proximate with eyes and ears and heart wide open. He heard their cry. And uh, let me share with you what he did next. It says, when he saw them and clearly knew what their situation was, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, this is just basic Levitical instruction. If you had leprosy, you were were, uh, in quarantine thrown out of your community. The only way you could get back into your community is to go and see a priest. The priest would examine you. They would, they would say, okay, you look like you're, you're healed. You're okay. And they would let you re-enter community. So Jesus, it's kind of weird. He's telling these 10 guys who still have leprosy. He's saying, hey, just go show yourself to the priest. And they got to be thinking, why? You know, so the priest can tell us to get the heck out of here that we're lepers, you know, get lost. And yet they go in faith and something amazing happens on the way. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I just want you to think about this for a second, that um, this chance encounter that Jesus has with these 10 guys, a simple word spoken over them, their lives are changed. 10 men, their lives are forever changed. See, that's what Jesus can do. And that's what we believe Jesus still does. That's what we believe Jesus wants to do in your life. That's what we believe Jesus wants to do in our community. And even today, um, maybe you've got a, a need for a miracle and Jesus, he is able to do it. So um, they were cleansed on the way. You know, they're, they're absolutely amazed. Their life has been changed. And then verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus's feet and he thanked him. You know, he falls down in worship and he thanks Jesus. And it says, and he was a Samaritan. So out of these 10 guys, one guy comes back and he just worships Jesus for this life-changing thing that he's done. But he was a Samaritan. He was a guy from the wrong side of the border. He was one of these infidels. And what I, what I love about this is that this guy who lived in the wrong country was, was a leper, was ostracized. There is no way he would have ever crossed paths with Jesus in any other way because he was from the wrong place if Jesus hadn't intentionally chosen that day to walk right along the border. Now, let me cut to the chase because this is supposed to be quick. See, I I see in Jesus's ministry here in Luke 17 and over and over again, the simple ministry of walking, I see him doing the same thing, the same formula all the time. As he walks, he sees things. He is aware and attentive at what's going on around him. Often his teachings are based on object lessons from things that he sees. He sees things and then he meets people. He's never too busy to stop and turn aside and have a conversation with someone just like we saw today. Uh, After that, then we see Jesus doing things, doing miraculous things. It almost feels like his miracles aren't planned. They just happen spontaneously on the way from some place to another place because he sees things and because he's meeting people. And then finally, because of all that, the kingdom of God advances. The reign and rule of God becomes more evident on earth. See, that's Jesus's simple formula. And sometimes I wonder in our modern times if we just, we make it way too complicated that's why today we're going to go old school. Now, I know in our, in our world, we are living these fast-paced lives. We've got cars that zoom down the road. And even when we get a second, when we stop in our cars, when we have a break in our day, we're on our phones trying to cram in more work. Uh, when we drive into our neighborhoods, we're just kind of beelining for the garage, hit the garage door opener, close the door, get into our houses, make dinner, right? You know that drill. And yet, there's something powerful that we're going to do today where we just push back on all of that. And we, like Jesus, we, we emerge from our bubbles. We walk along the border and we're, we're going to do the same thing that Jesus did. So first I'm going to challenge you as you walk today to first see things, to really see the, the area around you, to see the community differently. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help you see what he sees 
and have your eyes wide open. Then uh, we're going to challenge you to meet people. And, you know, God may arrange an encounter. We've heard about those this morning already of just people who encounter other people. Be open to that. Just saying hi, God may want to make an introduction. But there may be someone who actually has a deeper need and, and there may be a prompting from the Holy Spirit for you to pray over that person. And there's no pressure to do that, but some of our staff have done that with people on our prayer walks and it has been really, really powerful. So you're going to see things, right? Eyes wide open. Be willing to meet people. Then, then I want you to do things. I want you to do miraculous things. And some of you are saying, you lost me, right? Uh, and yet, even though we don't have the healing power that Jesus did, here's what we do have. We've got the Holy Spirit and we've got the right to call God our Father. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, which means we can all do something miraculous. We can call upon our Father. We can cry out with our needs and the needs of people around us and he will hear us. The scriptures promise that over and over and over again. And I have no doubt that today, by the virtue of your prayers, God will do the miraculous. And you see, when we do those things, when we, when we see things, when we meet people, when we do the miraculous thing of prayer, the kingdom of God, the reign and rule of Jesus will advance in our community, I have no doubt. That's why we're here as a church. We're here to see more of Jesus, more of his love and kindness and forgiveness, his wholeness, his healing, to, to reign over people's lives, over homes, over our community, over our world. That's why we exist. And today, you have the opportunity to take a small part in that, but a powerful part. Don't underestimate what God will do today as you get out there and see things and meet people and do miraculous things, the miraculous work of prayer, the kingdom of God will advance. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would truly open up our eyes that we might see the world as you see it. Father, arrange encounters with the people that we need to meet today, people we need to know or people who maybe need a word of prayer. Father, as we lift up our voices to you and cry out to you for the needs of people in our neighborhoods and our communities, hear us, Father, as your children hear us and do the miraculous. And Father, we pray that we would see as a result of today, the simple walk that we're taking, that we would see your kingdom advance in a brand new way. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.